right, I guess I'm ready for the best intro of any podcast ever. Are you are you ready for the best? Huh. Not- if I'm ready for the best, I wouldn't have chose this issue. Oh, come on. This is a good issue. This is going to make a fantastic episode. Backup, backup artist in issue two of a comic. Always you, a good way to start. You chose this. I did choose this. You chose this. This, this is, is my fault. This is on you, Dan. Well, yeah. I mean, they can't all be good, right? I mean, they're not all US one. They're, they're not all US one. You're right. You're correct, sir. You are correct. They are not. But need we digress more. Can I just say before we get into this, uh, like, I like Ryan Sook as an artist. Yes. But I am not into this artist. So Morgan here. Uh, don't like and, the way that the look and is. And drawing Ryan Sook hairstyles. <laughs> so Alec Morgan, you know, like... I get the I get the you know pullback faux mohawk thing I don't know that Ryan Sick draws and it looks really good when Ryan Sick draws it but yeah I I I don't know I'm not into Midnighter's hair you're just not you're not it's just not doing it for you this is not no. a good look it's Over. not a good look it's really not a good look it's 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 a look it's choice it's not doesn't meet the dance standards. I, I didn't say it didn't meet the dance standards. I just said it's a choice. It's a choice. It's not a choice you would have chosen. But um, you did choose it. So <laughs> I will have to ask you on this cover. So we have like a Japanese sun flag cover. Uh-huh. Is this actual Japanese on the cover? It is uh it it is. Can I tell you what it means? No, I can't because I can't read the middle piece because, well, that is of a, a high school or collegiate more so than they. Basically, what happens is you've got your basic hiragana katagana and you've got other uh, types of kanjis and whatnot. And t- when they start to make them like that middle piece, a lot of times when they are making newspapers or bigger prints with larger combinations of words to make things smaller to be only three, uh, three symbols. Essentially, uh, they will take uh, something and make it uh, fit in that. So that probably has a lot more meaning to it. And I can't tell you what it means <laughs> because I can't Can you tell me it. what the first symbol means. Uh, it appears to be a mo. Okay. And the bottom appears to be a, uh, oh man, I'm really bad right now. It's not a, but it is Japanese. Yeah, it is. We just don't know what it means. I couldn't tell you what the middle is because again, my, my level of reading is elementary school. Where is grandma? Where is grandma? She is not going to tell us. There'll be no guest appearance. There'll today. be no guest appearance. She's downstairs watching her samurai show, and she has no interest in getting on the chair and making her way up the stairs. It's going to take two minutes to get up the stairs. 
and then come into the office and look at this and then slap me in the back of the head and laugh at me and tell me I'm stupid or more accurately Baca for asking her to read her, whatever this is <laughs> because I wasted her time. Okay. Well, it's a, uh... It's an interesting cover. Um, I have no idea who this character is. Maybe I should if I had read, but I feel like it was the first appearance. So I thought you knew. I'm just joking. I amazingly, I don't know everything about comics. It's it's hard to believe. That's okay. So well, maybe we should. It's it's kind of a cool cover. It's like a. Japanese flag with a woman standing over it with Midnighter sort of doing a, a I guess, Kung Fu 70s comic type pose. It is kind it, of a Kung Fu 70s it is, comic yeah, type it, pose. It has a very, oh, it has that or a very like, a you know, that kind of, um, yeah, like what you'd find on a, on a grindhouse uh, movie theater. Like, oh, hey, this is the double feature and you got... Uh, this this cool whatever you know this this movie and uh, Sonny Chiba is going to clean up in it at some point. The sister Street Fighter. <laughs> well, I I have confirmed this is the first appearance of this character, and we don't know who she is. Oh, cool, awesome. Does she okay, so? Does she make it back in any other other episodes or issues? I I don't know. Ah. Uh, we'll have to find out. I guess we'll have to find out. I suppose. All right. I guess we'll get into this. Well, the the good news is, well, anyway, we'll get into that. Okay. So, yeah, we're we're turning the page. Uh, we get to see the alt cover too, which is weird. Oh my! The alt covers like midnight are sort of looking out at us like he's looking through our closet door maybe all like weird with blood all over him with a dead guy behind him it's really creepy looks like a serial killer yeah yeah i kind of had that feeling like um it's 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 almost like the uh just a weird yeah like hey i just i just murdered this dude and uh you saw what i did now i'm gonna come get you well, we uh, get to the first page, and it says Oakland after a death in the family. And so I was very concerned about Robin. Oh, were you? Yes. That's that's also where my mind went to as well. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, because I read that, and I was like, oh, this is like literally right. It's in Oakland, and it's literally right after that story <laughs> yeah and for a minute i was like why are we flashbacking to like what 1988 ish like yeah it was weird um, i don't know i mean it, it makes but sense. it's a dc comic and when you open it with after a death in the family it's a pretty uh, that was a big storyline in yeah. dc comics right so yeah interesting choice to open up um do you know who wrote batman a death in the family who do you know i don't tell us uh jim starlin what i hear he's coming to town is he really yes (laughs) uh never mind we'll take this offline (laughs) okay 
We are going, right? I, I am not going. <laughs> what? You can go. You I have can. to go with me. I can't. Because I have to work at the store, Dan. Now, when... Okay, well, we'll take this off. Wait, Jim Starlin's coming, and you can't take a break to go see Jim Starlin. I can't. Sure you can't. There's we'll no time. Nope, I can't. <sighs> Sigh. I know. It's a, t- it's a sad, it's a sad, sad life. Okay, I so live. I need to go see Jim Starlin, because I had him sign a book that was written by him. Was it right? Death in a Family? No, it was no. a Legion book. But then he oh, wrote the follow-up book, but he called himself Steve Apollo. Oh, yeah? And now I want him to sign that one. As Steve Apollo? <laughs> well, probably as Jim Starlin, but... Played by Steve Apollo? <laughs> I think it's also funny we're talking about Steve Apollo in reference to reading this comic book. Which isn't that... Wh- what? <laughs> Well, Apollo makes an yes. appearance in this I, comic book. I though he's not I, called Apollo. That's spoiler. True. What? They just call him Andrew. 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 Yeah. I got Andrew and and Lucas. Andrew and Lucas. Are there are those even their real names? I don't know, but we could just have like Andrew, Lucas, Hunter, and Griffin, and we could have like a a boy band, Gen Z party, a Gen Z boy <laughs> band party. <laughs> it, what kind of music would they make? Here's a good question: What kind of music would it be? Would it be like, um, I don't know. Like it would a, be like it, no, it would be like boy band music, but, but kind clearly, of emo. Clearly, Lucas would be the emo of the group. Yeah. Okay, okay. And he would be the one, like, kind of, like, breaking away from the group early on. Oh, to pursue his own thing with the little hair flip. And he's like, I'm out of here, guys. I got things with to the, do. With the faux hawk. Yeah. I got things the, to the do. The hair flip faux hawk. Yeah. I'm a little dangerous. I just can't believe you guys sold out to the man. Uh, I, I, I'm an artist, and I need to think on my own and, and oh. make some music. Oh, my gosh. You know who he would look like? Chris Gaines. Or would he look like Steve Apollo? Oh! I don't know. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, we don't, we don't know. know what Steve Apollo looks like. We, we, well, I do, but... Well, he looks kind of like Jim Starlin, I guess. Yeah. I've seen pictures. Honestly, Midnighter does look like Jim Starlin if Jim Starlin had that haircut. Oh, it's kind of, it's oddly enough, you're, you're kind of correct. Whoa. Well, we're not talking about Jim Starlin. We're actually talking about a book <laughs> written by Steve Orlando. <laughs> Steve Apollo. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it even says, if you look up Jim Starlin in Wikipedia, it says pseudonym Steve Apollo, which That's funny. makes me so happy. Uh well, anyway, let's uh, we can get into this. So, yeah, I should really have him sign Superboy and the Legion you, 250 and 251 you as Steve Apollo. So I could display it with my other issue that's signed by Jim Starlin. You could. Well, anyway. You um, should. I don't know if he'd, he'd get mad if I brought it to him because anyway, well, it's a long story. He, he so might, anyway, he might. I don't even know if he'll remember. You he know, will. 
I hear Steve Apollo never forgets. And Steve Apollo never forgets. Well, anyway, back on task here. <laughs> back After a death on. in the family. After a death in the family. Man, we're, we're still on that panel. Conversation. <laughs> we're on that panel still. <laughs> no, more than five minutes. Good God. Jeez. Okay. Oh, our one so, listener is like, why am I even listening to this? This that is... Folks, that, folks, is why it's called Funny Book Forensics. Because we just dig down it until we get to something... We yeah. tore apart one panel. That's what we did and brought you. Well, well we've got a very sad woman named Marina, apparently. Yes. And uh, she gets a thing and puts it on. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Yep. She gets a thing and puts it on. She's very mad at Windcrest Foods. Yes. Uh, for poisoning someone. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Apparently, somebody in her family had a peanut allergy. They forgot to put the peanut thing on the label, and somebody died. Is that about where we're getting this? I don't know exactly, but Pat's never yeah, coming back, and that's what we're... Yeah, they put arsenic or something. Okay, anyway, something bad happened. Somebody died. Okay, mm-hmm. we're in Boston now. Yep. Uh, Midnighter is playing pool at Al's Masse. Is that how you say that? Masse? I- I guess. Mass. Al's Masse. The it's pool Masse hall. shot, right? Like, it's a pool hall. Yeah. yeah. It, okay, and he's hanging out playing pool with a guy we met last issue, but yeah. I have no idea what his name is. Al. So, oh, no? this is Al? Maybe. No, that's not Al, is it? I don't know. This was the guy at the bar with him. Yeah. Well, anyway, he finds out that Midnighter is now single, and he tells him he can, you know, show Midnighter some of the moves he used on the leads. Yeah. Yeah. And Midnighter's super not interested in this. He's like, mm, nah. Yeah. He's he's like, yeah, no. And then we get to. Uh, oh, Tony. Okay. His name is Tony. 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 Fat. No, skinny Tony. Skinny Tony. Skinny Tony. We can't call people fat and skinny anymore. No, uh, but his name is Tony. <laughs> his name's. Uh. uh his name's his name is proper body shape to your own desire, Tony. There you go. Right. Okay. I was just so now I'm bandana Tony, but there you go. Yeah, and, and <laughs> then we get to the next page and we're back in Oakland. Um, and forty four people are dead and she Marina is, is unhappy. Apparently Patrick Lucas is dead. Um, we heard that before. And she says, these are the, these are words for you. Uh, th- these are not, these, these symbols don't register anything to me. So well, I was going to have you say the at least beginning part Oh, in her dialogue. But anyway. Oh, the six, six killing, sound? killing sounds. Lee, Lou. The six killing sounds. Not those words, the words right before it. Patrick Lucas is dead. The oh restitution starts with you. I just want to read the last three words of that bubble right there. Lee Shao Ju. <laughs> Thanks. I probably could have gotten that good. There okay. you go. I was just looking for, you know, the proper way to pronounce the terms there. Well, anyway, she says symbols and people start dying. It's the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she says words, people die. 
And then she's going through next page. She's going through and she finds a security or a janitor. I do want to say, I think, I think what they might've done. And I will, I will say this just based off of what I'm seeing here, based off of what you saw on the front cover and what you're seeing in the rest of this is that there might be a mixture of, uh, Asian inspired language and or Asian inspired uh, symbols. <laughs> because, uh, well, I'm because what's on the cover is definitely uh, kanji and, and hiragana uh, and katagana's. So you got a you got a mixture of those things, which are all Japanese. You got the Japanese uh, rising sun. And then in here, it looks more um, – yeah, no, I just couldn't tell you. Okay. Well, on that note – Could be could be Chinese <laughs> symbols. On that note um, – Could be Korean symbols. Could be generic symbols. We don't know. And uh, It could be Korean symbols. Well, we get – she finds out uh, – next page, she finds out um, where the board is for the company she hates. And then she gets attacked by a bunch of security people and murders all of them by saying words. Wait, are we back good there? Yep. Okay. Oh, and uh, she said words that prompted a phone call. Uh, apparently the oldest phone in the universe just rang. Is that your fax? Line there? Oh, you, you muted yourself to get your fax. Is it going... Is that what's going on right now? Because that's amazing. Well, I'll continue on while Greg gets his facts. And so we now, all of a sudden, Midnighter makes an appearance to fight Marina. And uh, he says she's very creative and fun. And we get the main page here. And it's the title of the book is Midnighter? Question uh, mark with writer Steve Orlando. Artist Alec Morgan, and we get colors by Fajardo and uh, Passels. Wow. Alan Passeliqua, and letters by Fletcher, and uh, ACO and Fajardo did the cover. So at least we had a consistent cover artist here. And uh, so now we're moving forward here and taking a look. And uh, it looks like Midnighter's been wiped out on the next page uh, by the word she says, and he's down. And Marina's standing up on a table uh, talking about being in the area with the night circle of, uh, in the night circle, I would assume, of hell, um, talking about how she's going to take out the board, presumably. And uh, Midnighter starts to wake up. He's like, yeah, right. Just kind of looking up at her, using his magic super computer brain to figure stuff out. And we get another page, and uh, Midnighter's got blood all over him. Uh, presumably, Midnighter's had blood all over him for yeah, the vast majority of this series. So this isn't very uncommon. I, I feel like he's not comfortable, or maybe this the blood just stays on his costume. I mean, that's entirely possible. He, he never, never cleans really it. it. He never hey, cleans it. 
I was never gone. I don't even know what you're talking about. I was here all along, just like the blood on Midnighter. Oh, that's true. You kind of are like the blood on Midnighter. Just always kind of there. Always kind of there. Well, that's why he dresses in black, because you can't see the blood. Or he's Johnny Cash. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Midnighter's headed up some stairs and he's headed outside and somehow he snuck out of the room. It's pretty he's pretty good at his job. He snuck out of the room. He's using his super tactical computer to pull out his uh, grappling hook, yeah. I guess, and ties it. Yeah, and swings in. And he's so good, he swings in and exactly kicks Marina in the face. Pow! That's not very nice, but he does. Well, that's exactly. how we do things. And then we get a flashback or a flash forward. Sorry, next, the next day, day, he's in, in Moscow. Moscow. What? And uh, he's he's back out on a date. But uh, just so you know, you got to see the last issue, Chris. Yeah. Well, and this was after his other friend. Now, Tony was his date, right? That's no, what you're messing up. I don't think Tony, Tony was the guy in the front. Tony was the guy at the pool hall. He even no, said... No, Tony was the guy he broke up with, right? No, his name was Tony at the pool hall. He said, what? hey, Tony, yada, yada, yada. Come Are you out. sure? Well, yeah. who did he say he broke up with at the pool hall? I don't know, Dan. Well, anyway, his friend last issue that he was having sex with is no longer his friend. And he Jason, has a new friend. Jason. Jason, yeah. It's hard to keep track. There's just a lot of, of, of relationship Midnighter changes. is all about making friends. He's about making friends. That's, you know what? Midnighter, about making friends. I'm going to change, officially change the title of this book. Midnighter, about making friends. The new title of this book. And so, yeah, now he's talking to his new friend. He says, when I met you, I was wearing, or his friend says, when I met you, I was wearing an exploded entree and um, Midoran gun with a Midoran gun to my head. Okay, that's exciting. We remember that from last issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now they're in Moscow. It's good times. Oh, this is the guy. This is the this is this the is other the, guy. The, I was on the, the floor. Guy he took out on the date. Yeah, to yeah. Moscow. No, yeah. but this is the no, no. That was Jason. He took to Moscow, and this is the dude oh, that was on the floor. The floor. Now he took another guy to Moscow. He, he's oh, good at finding people. This is he the guy. Is, yeah, he just he he picked this guy up off the floor. He literally he's making true. midnighters, making friends, left and right, making friends, huh? Everywhere making him well and he's taking he, him all over the world he definitely uh he definitely is wearing a an amazing tank top here an american flag tank top it's exactly always what i thought midnighter would be wearing it's <laughs> just like hey i'm just wearing jeans and a tank and an american flag tank top like i just rolled out of old navy <laughs> yeah that's weird like that's an interesting artistic choice i just Based on what we've read so far, it didn't seem like Steve Orlando would put him in the uh, in the top. Maybe Steve Apollo would, but Steve Orlando probably not. I, so yeah, no. I mean, well, is it just because he's in Moscow, but he's he's dressing like an American? <laughs> I guess. I mean, it seems to be what happens when you change artists, though, right? Midstream. Yeah. I mean, in the second issue, you've got. Um, anyway, let's get to I, the next page. I, I so can I can see, complain I about can, it. 
I can also see the the hair thing in this one now. (laughs) Yeah, let's get the next page. Okay, so they're in Moscow, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we have to, you know, have the obligatory point out of how much Russians hate gay people, and he beats them up. All right, great. Super excited um, to see this in a comic. Yay. Yep. He puts his fingers right up in the nose. Yeah, that was a great response on your part, too. I mean, I, I hate this scene, quite frankly. I mean, it is... It, it's... There, uh, your your question your question last last time we recorded was about the like the is representation like are certain things are are they put into things for for a reason is this is is this um, type of thing put in for what I guess we understand the context we know that like you said you pointed out Russians don't like gay people and. Well. Yeah, but let's, yeah, yes, I pointed that out, and we'll get into that in a second, yeah. <laughs> and is this is this scene overly extraordinary for that reason? It's violent. It's like a punch a Nazi scene, right? But my, mm-hmm. my problem here is, like, it, okay, this guy says, you know, that real men drink here, blah, blah, blah. There's... Like, I get what he's saying. He tells him his girlfriend to leave. There's no slurs here, which I'm glad there's probably no slur in the book, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, when we're having to punch a Nazi thing, right, like, uh, it's okay because there's an identifiable piece. Like, the person's identifying as a Nazi, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I understand that Russians pass laws that are anti-gay, and have you know pursued gay people and all that and i i know that like the government is anti-gay but i really don't like this like it's there's just no reason for it in the story right like it just it just shows up right all of a sudden they're out Mm -hmm. drinking in a bar in russia and then all of a sudden they get in a fight like why like why are they there right because they just wanted to go to moscow Mm-hmm. Like, was he going there to intentionally pick a fight on a date for the first time? Yeah. No, this is, like, this is good. This is a, this is a good, like, good question. And it, oops. And it, and it, what is the point? Yeah. What's the point? And it's like, is it, is it overly, is it necessary? It's, it's is a it thing just that for the happened. sake of being there? Is it, is it, is it happening? It's violence for the sake of violence. Like, yeah. it's this, like, strikeout thing, like, you know, I'm gay, I got picked on, so now I'm going to beat the shit out of somebody, right? Like, it really pisses me off. It also, like, I'm getting madder about it as I think about it. It's just, yeah. like, yeah, have I wanted to do this to somebody else? I mean, you know me, so yeah. for a billion reasons, I wanted yeah. to do that to somebody else. But, like, I'm <laughs> not going to, like... I've been with you when things like this have happened. <laughs> yes, but I didn't put but the you didn't, into the ground, which no, I could have easily done. You didn't. You didn't act out in that way because you. There. You have seen me at my very worst when somebody like verbally yeah. did things that were. Yeah. They actually verbally assaulted. It it, it. it could have required this type of action against them because of what they said but it didn't get it because you are a different person than this shows 
this type of you know like there's it also to me like maybe he's just extremely confident but there's a lot more trauma that goes with something yeah. like this like i i anyway yeah no all it, right no your point you 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 I, I I totally get what you're saying because there it, I I see a lot of this sometimes in in other stories and other things and it's like why why put characters in a situation like that if you're not if it doesn't if it doesn't serve a purpose outside of just showing a violent act for a violent act's sake there's no doesn't drive the story anymore it doesn't yeah. give us any context as to who this person is and why they would do this. Yeah in, con- yeah, in contrast, right, like I grabbed a Kickstarter book by Joe Glass called Glitter Vipers, mm-hmm. which was an intentionally grindhouse piece. And basically, the a, a drag queen and a group of folks go out and beat up Pete gay bashers. Uh-huh. But it's a grindhouse piece. Yeah. There's camp to it. Um, it's pretty clear the other people are just really bad. Yeah. Like it was almost almost fun right in the sense of it yeah you know like this is not fun yeah well i mean and they had a purpose for what they were doing this is just like i'm gonna fight this guy in a bar because he moderately said something that i don't agree with and just (laughs) side note side note yeah go grab some of joe glass's stuff on kickstarter he's great it's good stuff it's good stuff. Um, everything I've gotten from Joe Glass has been phenomenal. If you want to talk about representation, there yeah. you go. Well, um, then people go go find those Kickstarters, find Joe Glass, and uh, if he's not running a campaign right now, they're not running a campaign. And the team there, then uh, save it in your saves. Save and, it. Yeah. yeah, I think he just finished up a campaign. Um. But he's got some projects he loves too. He's really good about reaching out and letting oh. you know. So, uh, so then there's good suggestions. Then that's yeah. I love. I love it when when people that are running Kickstarters throw out the suggestions because if there's stuff that they like that's on their radar, then you should check it out too. Yeah, and again, you know, I'm probably overanalyzing this one page and this yeah. next page, but the I guess you know again, it is funny book forensics you're listening to where we analyze the story in the book and things like that. And I'm making comparisons. Y'all, y'all may disagree with me and that's okay. I mean, if you do reach out to us, we're happy to this, what your feedback, your, your comparison to, or your, your, you analyzing this is like when Saul, Saul and I on nurse in the crypt, uh, talk about a movie that has, uh, a rape scene in it. And it's just like, at that point, I just check out because what's the point of having that in there? It doesn't drive the story. It doesn't, doesn't need to be in there. Yep. And we could have just done without that movie at all. So what's well, like <laughs> violence for the sake of violence, yeah. right? You know, and then they just leave. And the only comment from his friend here is he asked him if he washed his hands. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause he had his fingers up this guy's nose, you know, who knows? Yeah. That's gross. <laughs> Who knows? Well, we're back in Oakland again in the earlier oh, time. Damn. So we, we went the next day, and now we're earlier. Okay. This is interesting yes. how this flows. Yeah. Does she and, have an uh, alien on her body? Oh, my gosh. It's like a face hugger. It's, like, it's a face hugger on her chest. Well, he breaks her tech. Oh, basically no. is what's happened. And she got her tech from that garden place, I think. 
Garden Grove. So oh, that's just down the street from. It's just. I mean, it's 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 just a couple hours. Yeah, away. I took a trip to Garden Grove, and it smelled like blue dog inside the van. Did it? Okay. Oh man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I went to a record party. <laughs> Two dollars at the door. It feels so. Anyway. Awesome. Um, yeah. So. Like all one person that gets that what I'm doing right now. I get what you're doing. So I anyway, appreciate it. We're uh, we're back in, and uh, Midnighter takes out her tech, and everybody thinks they're safe um, because, of course, they do because he saved them from the crazy lady Marina, yeah. right? Yeah. And then uh, he starts breaking hands of the board members while Marina watches, and she looks terrified because you know again. Uh, maybe the only sane person in here. She was striking out in rage and now she's watching somebody <laughs> commit the violence that she was about to do. And she's like, what, what's going yeah, on? Wow. He's, he's shaking and breaking. <laughs> shaking and breaking. So now they go back to Moscow for what's called the victory lap here, which I presume is a victory lap for both things, beating up the person in the bar and breaking the hands of the people in the boardroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Okay. And, and honestly, too, like, I, I guess, I mean, I'm less offended by him breaking the hands of people that presumably murdered people. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did something like wrong. Like a punch a Nazi type thing. Yeah. They, I mean, like, if if there, there was more context as to what they had done wrong, then... Oh, there's enough context. They murdered a bunch of people by, you know, ignoring warnings and stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. No, there's, okay. that, there's all that context. The, the other thing yeah yeah it makes but sense. the other guys are just people at a bar who are assholes yeah assholes jerk faces yes. i wish i could beat up every asshole oh man you'd have a but lot I of don't. It's, it's the cool point you'd have grown-ups you'd have just a pile of assholes <sighs> just, well just Moscow victory lap <laughs> not gonna touch that one so <laughs> now uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, they're having a nice conversation. It's him and Matt again, and they're wandering around Moscow, and um, they're chatting it up, yeah, chatting it up. Next page, and they're about to have some barbecue, uh, barbecue. Uh, Shosh Glenn, and he starts talking about Andrew again, and Matt's asking about Andrew. Oh. He's like, I hope I measure up because all Midnighter's doing is talking about Andrew. Mm-hmm. This is some gay drama at its finest right here. Yeah, well, I mean. I just watched this in season one of Queer as Folk where Michael can only talk about Brian with his new boyfriend all the time. I, I think it's just, I mean, it, it it is just general relationship stuff. You're You're with somebody new and all you can do is talk about the old stuff and... That must Dude, be great just, for the new person. Oh, it's gotta have just just imagine the 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 self like the, one their self worth like meter is just like continually going down every time you mention the other person, right? And then secondly, they're like they're continually like he said, just me- like how do I measure up? Because every time Midnighter says something about Andrew, like the uh, there's. Yeah, the self worth has gone down, and the bar has just risen up higher and higher and higher. 
Yeah, well, you know, when we flip the page and uh, we, we flip the yeah. page and uh, we get another flashback to months earlier in Opal City. And who is the most prominent member of Opal City? Richie Rich. No. Oh. Um, uh, Andrew. No. Oh, Apollo. No. Oh, Midnighter. No. Oh, I don't know. It's James Robinson's probably most famous comic book. Series. Tell me, Dan. Tell me, Dan. Starman. Never, never heard of it. Never, never heard of it. Okay, fine. Uh, the elongated, elongated man in Sudibney also lived there for a while. Never heard of it. Oh my god, you're making me so frustrated right now. No, I don't even know what that means. Opal City, Starman. I I thought that movie was okay. Oh, I oh god. I don't Stop understand. It. I mean, like, you find a man out in the woods that doesn't know anything about the world. What are you going to do? He just points to the sky. Well, and well, the honestly, honestly, like, you know what? I'm totally OK with this because you did not make a joke about, you know, Midnighter living in the city where the famous famous superhero carries around a cosmic rod. So I'm glad you didn't do that so that, that would be very I'm, I'm actually okay with all of the rest of everything you said <laughs> that that would be very uh uncool of you yeah yeah why would i yeah. do, that's <laughs> why would you do that why would you make a joke like that yeah yep, yep. so i'm i'm totally glad you didn't go into that territory because i just realized where that could have gone <laughs> and then i was like you know what all of this was fine well, we are in Opal City, and there is Andrew and Lucas, who is not Lucas. He's Lucas with a lid off, because he has all he's his not hair. Lucas, look at all his hair. Not, look at all that hair. I do. Yeah, I don't like hair. it. I don't that like it is, at all. You don't like it because you've only seen it without. You've seen his post-breakup haircut. Yeah, it's much better. Post breakup haircuts are always much better. Post breakup haircuts are almost always better. Um, <laughs> That's his comfortable haircut. Oh, we're comfortable. I'm okay. I'm gonna wear my hair like kind of finger length and messy, not edgy and cool. Like I could be in a boy band. Well, Apollo's got a shirt on, two sizes too tight, which I'm okay with. And <laughs> he, he looks like Richie Rich. He's yeah. kind of Richie Rich. And uh, here we go. Um, well, they get into it. They're fighting, and Midnighter's self-loathing. Um, um, you're right. He is the emo boy. But I'm like, what am I supposed to say? Midnighter's just a nameless, homeless fight robot. You deserve better. Oh my god. This okay. Mm. Yeah, and then Andrew starts yelling at him back complaining he still works then midnighter slash lucas slash midnighter kisses him and then leaves because okay i already know how this is gonna end 
flash back over. Yeah, done. Yeah, he knows how it's going to end because he has a fight computer. Oh, man. Well, now Marina's in jail in Massachusetts. I was, Were they in Oakland? Yes. That is Marina, right? Yeah, I, it is. Okay, so they're talking. Okay. Yes, I think so. So she's in Massachusetts in jail. Excuse me. So unless, that's one hell of an extradition treaty unless, right there. Unless he's in Massachusetts and she's in jail. Oh, okay, that's possible. But it does say Bridgewater, Massachusetts right over her. her. Ah, it's a comic book. Sometimes they mess those things up. I mean, what? Oh, you would never mess something up in your comic book. I, uh, yeah, no, I'm totally, totally. I've read all of them and they're all perfect. So, um, oh. now we're, uh, <laughs> now she's talking. I'm crying because it's not true. <laughs> I, I, what, what an artist calls after something like this has happened and said, how could you let this happen? I'm like, hey, you, you, you drew it. I, I, you drew it. You wrote it. I, well, I now did. they're talking, and uh, Midnighter heads down a corridor of some sort. Oh, man. It's going to go bad. Is it? I don't know. They're chatting. I mean, they're friends now because they have something in common. Yeah, because she did the right thing the wrong way. Just yeah, like him. she did the wrong thing the right way. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they get, And we see Midnighter, and all of a sudden, there's a guy that looks a lot like Multiplex in the background. Do you like want a, to guess what Multiplex's powers are? Uh, he can show a bunch of movies on multiple screens. That's exactly it. Oh, my gosh. I am good. Yeah, he is the Multiplex. Oh, man. Kind of looks like Omac. He does not look like Omac. <laughs> I'm just joking. Midnighter looks like Omac. Oh, Midnighter looks like Omac. Okay. With his, yeah, with, his, with his cowling off. Yeah. Midnighter sort of looks like Midnighter. It's like Batman. When he doesn't have the cowl on. Midnighter is kind of looking like in this scene, you know, where he's going into the subway. He sort of looks like, you know, like when we were little kids and you'd go to like Kmart, whatever, and it would be like the fake superhero that looks just like. (laughs) That looks like the real superhero and has a slightly different name. Yeah. That's yes. Batman, it would be like, I don't know, Cockroach Man or something like that. Yes. Oh, Blue Beetle. Yeah. No. Stop it. <laughs> I'm just joking. Cockroach Man. <laughs> yes. And uh, anyway, it's kind of looking like that. He's 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 definitely a lurker here too. Oh yeah, he's like walking in, like oh hey. <laughs> But anyway, he starts laughing and he's all excited. Marina's like, why? What's, what are you laughing at? And then Midnighter turns around and Multiplex is like everywhere. He's on all the screens. Everywhere. He's oh, on every man. screen. Yep. And it says, because it's a comic book, to be continued. Yep. And then we flip a page and it says... He can predict your every move, but no one can predict what he'll do next. Are you ready? Midnighter by Steve Orlando and ACO as an advertisement in a comic book where they have a backup artist for ACO. Oh, man. 
Okay, so, you know, I understand that bad marketing happens sometimes. Number That's one, why are you running a house ad for your own book in the same book? Um, page count? <laughs> but wouldn't you run a house ad for one of the other new DCU books? No. Because Would that the, make more sense? Turn the page, Dan. You're going to have your mind blown right out of your skull. The new DCU. Yeah, there are all these different house ads they could have run. Like yeah. maybe for that amazing Dr. Fate series. Nobody cares. That came out. Nobody cares. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. What about another or one? The Black Canary series. Nobody or cares. Batman Beyond. Or Starfire. Or... No. You know why they ran a Midnighter ad? Books. You know why they ran a Midnighter ad in a or Midnighter book? Man. You want to know? Because people that are reading Midnighter are here for Midnighter, and Midnighter is here to make friends. It come on, it it's really stupid to run a house ad for the oh, uh, stupid. I'm I'm I I'm with you. I think they could have run an, uh, any of these other ads. There's nine other advertisements that they could have run i mean why are we reading this we could be reading the paul levitt sunny lou dr fate book that came out at the exact same time as this book you know because you chose this yeah for good reasons no, for good reasons well i mean again you know it's i uh, you know i choose a book for jan for june because you we, we decided to choose yeah. a book for June. Yeah, yeah. And then I just complain about the representation in the book for the entire book. No, no, but that's... I, I find it great because there are tons of other books that we could have read, but we chose a mainstream-ish, like a book that wasn't mainstream, that became mainstream, that has representation, but is... I'm going to say a mixed bag of representation. Sure. If that's fair. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we could have read, uh, we could have read anything from uh, a myriad of different Kickstarters. We could have read Cardboard Kingdoms. We could have read anything out there. And this is what we're reading, and it has it, it brings to light a lot of different things, draws a lot of questions as to um, you know different different types of things. And it, it, I think it's exactly what we need for funny book forensics to analyze something it, yeah if it was perfect then it wouldn't be very much fun to analyze yeah i mean if it yeah exactly if it was perfect in a perfect world where everything was was perfect representation representation was on point and everything was just the way that we wanted it why would why would we want to discuss it except for to just say go read this it's a great book there you go that's all you need to know yeah and i certainly am like you know criticizing some pieces of it obviously right but i think the other um you know I, there are pieces i like about it right like in the sense that you're watching somebody's life play out mm -hmm. and so they're you know he it's not like they're going out of their way to make him a stereotype or anything. Yeah. So, I mean, there are good pieces, but then like just some of it seems really forced, 
right? It's yeah. like, let's I, go to a bar and beat up a homophobe. I think they're telling a they're telling a relationship story from a standpoint of they're they're telling they're they're, they're telling a story that has relationships in it from a standpoint of a gay character and putting in a couple of things that may make sense because or they, they make sense. Okay. This guy has these issues, but we're not going to really get into them. And this other guy may have, um, he could have said these things, but we didn't see it in the panel. We didn't see it in the page. <laughs> it's kind of difficult to, right. to tear up or whatever, but, but also Midnighter might have his own, you know, his own, uh, baggage in the background, right. That we just don't know as new readers of the new 52. If you hadn't read any of this in the past hard, then this is the DCU. Yes. I'm sorry. The DCU. I apologize. Why are you? Well, it's hard to keep track of all their relaunches. Yeah. So admittedly, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a story and it will keep going next mm-hmm. week as we do issue well, three, but here's a question and this is just for my own and maybe you know as far as you know as we're speaking representation and and you know from the creative team that put this together uh do you know anything about the background of the creative teams that have worked on this book and how does that play into their creation of these characters and you know are they telling do you think they're are they are they writing and creating a story that is okay, we're telling the story that is this and we have no, um, we're, we're just, we're just telling the story or we have, we're telling the story and we have this input because this is from our own fabric. Yeah. I mean, so Steve Orlando, um, Steve Orlando had a couple runs at the character. Mm-hmm. And so, and, uh, you know, citing the best, uh, source ever wikipedia but we're gonna cite the link here in wikipedia in a second but yeah i mean he got nominated for some awards for some of this stuff and then um it's uh i guess he says he was this was one of uh, the 20 best comics for 2015 by somebody and, uh, oh, these are opinion pieces. So so somebody in Gizmodo says Midnighter is the best portrayal of a gay superhero in mainstream comics. In a July 1st, 2015 article. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so I, I guess obviously somebody thought differently than I did. I certainly bought them. Yeah. So I, I'm, know, it, I'm imagining at the time, 20, you know, like it, prior to 2015, they're you're you're going in and you're finding you're uh not a whole lot of representation in your mainstream comics no you're finding more and more but yeah i mean it's i guess my question is like was it more like do you feel like it's it's true it's it's i mean if we're if we're saying mainstream comics then sure right yeah yeah i could I, I can see the fact that there is representation. <laughs> yeah. Then, then that's, I guess, a success. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, 
I guess yeah. you're getting a lot more now. Like, you know. I guess. I mean, really? Several years later. Eh, Where? More, more or less. But <laughs> in, in a lot of the, I, I guess you're getting it more on the imprints and more, more, not, yeah. not in, not in the straight up, uh, ones and, you know, the, the, the big two more in their imprints and a lot of, definitely a lot of the independents for sure. I, I would agree with that. Or there's a lot of cases, but there's just also a lot of different ways to get characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then to, I guess at least, well, I mean, it's, it's three years out of date now, but like the, I don't know, like this sort of transformation that, um, a Connor and Palmiotti did with, uh, uh, Harlequin and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. where it was just Harlequin was just, bisexual right it wasn't a big deal yeah and she could sleep with men or she could sleep with poison ivy right like Mm -hmm. it just was part of the story and then she was uh, harlequin right like Mm -hmm. so yeah it, it just there's different levels I guess. And that's obviously that version of the character still going on. And obviously might as well bring it up. The controversial, uh, cartoon, um, (laughs) that DC comics just censored. So I wasn't even bridging to that, but they're still using that version of the character, right? Even after Connor and Palmiotti have left the company and are doing their own stuff. Yeah. They're now using that, um, as a cartoon. And so obviously there was the Batman controversy, but I guess that wasn't really my focus. Like no, of it, but... you, you watch the cartoon and, and it's very much, it's farcical with some of the characters and things like that. But the, the character is very fluid with her sexuality. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you have had some interesting presentations in mainstream comics, but yeah, I mean, this is, I don't want to say problematic. I mean, I think people like it, right? Like it won awards, but then like, to me, what I don't like, I think we were pointing it out. Like you pointed out and like the same as in the seventies, like grindhouse movies or something like that, Mm -hmm. like to create a violent rape scene for the sake of having a violent scene or in horror, right. Or, you know, to back to Gail Simone's, you know, women in refrigerators, Mm -hmm. right. Original blog post, right. Yeah. The whole notion of creating violence just for violence sake and in this case, it doesn't even really drive the story, right? Like, I could read both issues of the story without him ever beating up that guy in the bar. Yeah. It, it doesn't impact the story at all. It doesn't It doesn't make... It's, it's almost like there's two bar scenes in these two issues that you could not even have in there. <laughs> in in yeah. my opinion. The whole entire dialogue-heavy bar scene uh that happens in issue one and then the whole entire fight scene in this one like you're saying is it is they're both they're they're null they're there's there's they're just dead points in the story yeah yeah they're they're just they don't bring anything to the table it's like a good editor would have cut that out unless it unless or a uh, bad editor cut it in a way that made these scenes make no sense Possibly. I mean, we're not we're not there in the room or with the notes to, to tell, but the the I guess from a reader's perspective and, and maybe even from a learning perspective for anybody that's out there that's wanting to create things on their own. If you're creating uh, scenes, 
and you read them back and it, and it leaves nothing to one, the imagination or doesn't give you any desired effect. What's the point? And then two, if there's, there's either too much information that's left out because we don't know why he's acting out or they, why a character's acting out or why a character would even uh, be put into a situation that this type of thing would happen. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, There's exactly. Just... Like, or give me some character development, right? Instead of that scene, let me find out about more about Matt. Like, if you really want representation, let's find out why these two people are interested in each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what was it? Was it a little bit of a hero, um, little hero worship, worship action? Yeah, and all of us, like, like literal and figurative, like. Midnighter is a figurative hero in his eyes, but he's a literal hero because he saved him, <laughs> you know? So, uh, that is that, is that why this date is happening like a hundred percent? And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Hey, now I'm, now I'm like a spectator in your life on this other and level. That's really all I'm digging for here. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, interesting story. I don't know if I'd call it a good story, but you know, it was pretty basic. I, honestly, I'm not going to call it a good story, right? Like, I, I I thought it was pretty basic in the sense that the the plot was pretty basic, right? It seemed a lot. Com- wow, I'm really getting critical, but it seemed very contrived, right? We're going to introduce a character in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to have an arbitrary thing happen to her family. Yep. She seems to be a one-off character in the story, which I'm okay with one-off stories, but she's written out of the story real fast. So who seems to be the the focus of the story is almost written out of the story almost yeah. immediately, right? And then reappears at the end for some reason. Um, we're not really sure why Midnighter's talking to her. Um, or why he's made her They share it. something in common for some reason. Is it their rage they share in common, perhaps? I mean, we're not there yet. So, I mean, I probably should give... Um, uh, Orlando a chance to get there, right? Yeah. The characters. So I'm probably rushing to judgment there. Well, I assuming mean, that character even shows up again. You make a good point though. It's like, I mean, we have, we're introduced to this character and for the reasons that they're even brought into the story where it's glossed over, like, okay, so someone they love died at the hands of these people, but how and why it's, it's, it's very, it's very loose it's very loose and it's hard. It, it's like, okay, yes, death is bad. And we've all had bad things happen and we can understand that. But I mean, a little bit more gives us a little more buy-in and makes it a little more tangible for, for us to want to follow along with that. But then just, it just pop them back out of the story uh, and, and make them, make them not there at all. And, and also kind of like, not really explain their power set that they're using or their their device uh, outside of okay it's words and how does it affect the people is it like churning their insides is it destroying their ears is it making them explode and whatever I mean I'm, I was kind of lost and like how is Midnighter avoiding this because I would miss that as well maybe I'm maybe I'm a dumb maybe I'm a dumb I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I think it was is very interesting, but <laughs> this will continue. So, oh uh, no! Actually, I I, I want to know what happens with multiplex. 
I want to know what's showing on the screens. I want to know what movie he's going to see. Is it going to be the new Fast and the Furious? I hope so. But then again, also I hear there's other films out there that you could see as well. Yeah. Uh, So I just thought Multiplex was a representation for the repetitiveness of movies and yeah retelling of storylines by having somebody named multiplex with the same uniform all over the place yeah oh yeah totally that makes sense that's what it is right yeah well on that note um this conversation cannot continue okay you're killing it now because cthulhu has told you to end it well cthulhu does run my life and uh the the lords of order which would have made an appearance if we read Dr. Fate yeah. by Paul Levitz and Sonny Liu. Oh, however, however, we didn't choose that. That's <laughs> we okay. chose Midnighter by Steve Orlando. So, yeah, uh, we could have had an appearance of the Lord's Border, but in this case, uh, we have a Midnighter story, and that's going to bring the end of the Midnighter story. Do you have anything going on that I need to know about on this podcast? I have nothing going on that you need to know about. Or that I'm allowed to know about. That you are allowed to know about nothing at all. Okay. Well, then on that note, one listener, thank you for listening. Thank Uh, you. Mothership, thank you for listening. Uh, John, hope you feel better soon. Oh, yes. uh, Anything else? Oh, you know what? Well, I mean, stay tuned. I'm sure the Mothership will will announce and talk about and divulge this information as – as John, who we just mentioned, uh, is is uh, key and instrumental in all those things. But uh, the Eins Anthology, which uh, myself and Travis and a, a, a myriad of other fantastic creators, uh, writers, artists, and other folks, and John was the uh, the the man in charge of the whole entire uh, Eins Anthology, uh, is is actually out and about in the world, and uh, he will be. Um, getting it out to, to folks. And I think he wants to do something at the, the retro emporium. Oh, okay. Well, I love the retro emporium and, uh, sometimes anyway, no, that's not true. All the time. <laughs> I threw you through a lip there, didn't I? Yeah, no, no, no. My grandma. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, on that note, then, thank you for listening to this episode of Funny Book Forensics. I'm Dan. And I'm Greg. And uh, we're out of here. Until next time.